Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom convo. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's up 
liftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. I'm Mike Vardy. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? That's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise-canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting-free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout? Oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds in Brooklyn and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? 
Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because CrashPlan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast, so take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. It is episode 100 of the Productivityist Podcast. I can't believe that I've reached the third podcast that I've worked on that's reached triple digits. And to celebrate and discuss kind of, you know, what's been going on, where we're going, all that stuff. 
I decided there was no better guest to bring on to talk about this stuff with me today than producer John Polstra. John, thanks for joining me. Good to be here. So, 100. Now, you've, have you been, you've been with me pretty much since the beginning. Well, you know, I went back into our web host, and it looks like the first episode that I worked on was the Jim Woods episode in April. So what episode would that be? What number I is say that? Like thirty-ish. So it's been, a bit, but it's been quite a like. Yeah, the majority I think I was the... there. I was there for the big music change. Yep. Um, yeah. So we're talking like a year and a half, basically, at this point. Because if you break it down, seventy episodes is about a year and a half there thereabouts. Yeah. So um, there's been a lot of things that have like we haven't really changed too much in in the in the in the hundred episodes. Um, but we have, you know, I mean, there, there's, I want to talk about one of the things that we were going to do, because I think that, that this, that's as we're kind of hitting that, th- that, that threshold, uh, there was a change that I was going to make. And I'm kind of glad that situations unfold that didn't make this change happen. And we're going to get into productivity chat and stuff here in a minute. So for those of you who are waiting for like some big productivity insights to come down the pipe, we're, we're going to talk about those in a minute. But I was going to make a change to the podcast as of you know, this episode would have been one of the ones that was changed where I was going to go into more of a storytelling, uh, NPR style, I guess. Would, pro- would that be the more accurate way to kind of describe it, John, like an NPR style kind of show? Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, and I think it was kind of inspired when we went to, inspired by when we went to podcast movement last summer. Right. There was, um, it's kind of interesting, the confluence of podcasting and storytelling and NPR and, I think you were inspired by was it uh, Roman Mars's talk? I was. I was. In fact, that's when you became went from podcast editor to podcast. That's right. I got a promotion. Like during the talk, (laughs) (laughs) during the talk, you got a promotion. But I think that the so it was going to be, and I still have those ideas in there, and I think that 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 they're worth exploring down the road, whether it's through like a limited edition series podcast or whatever. But Melissa and I were talking about it, my assistant, and and you know you were. You were into it, but you knew we knew it would be a lot more work. We knew it would be a lot more work. And and um, what happened was, and I think this is serendipitous for sure, is that as I was ready to kind of pull the trigger, I actually wrote a whole blog post about it and a newsletter entry and all that was ready to go with it. All of a sudden, a little um, online publication named Inc.com uh, came out with the 10 productivity, productivity podcasts you need to listen to in 2016. And we were on that list. And the floodgates kind of opened up with guest requests at that point, wouldn't you say? Like, all of a sudden, like, we had a fairly sparsely decorated Trello board. We'll walk through some of that process here as well. And then all of a sudden, I was getting interview requests. Like, we have we have episodes at this point, as we're recording this, I, we could schedule through to December at this point. Right, right, right. Well, I think there's also a big spike in downloads as well. True. That too. That was. I mean, it was. It was massive, and it, it and it's largely maintained. Like it hasn't. I haven't noticed a significant drop off either. So it's. So when that happened, um, we saw the post. People were tweeting it, and Melissa and I started talking about it, and you and I started talking about it. And as much as I've been doing this style of podcast for, I, I'm, I'm going to say like five years at least. Uh, when you break down mics on mics and and um, you know the work awesome podcast and my eventualism podcast and even when I was doing Discultured, largely a lot of these were interview based shows and I was at a point where I'm like you know what I don't want I want to do something different 
And that article came out and you kind of were one of the people you, you were, you were basically saying, look, look what we have here now. What do you want to do? Right? Like that was kind of what, I mean, we looked at the writing on the wall and you were, you basically put the ball in my court, but I think you had, you had some ideas as where, as to where, what we should do at that point, didn't you? Yeah. And I was, well, I was kind of asking, you know, what, as we consider going with this different, with this different uh, mode of podcasting, what 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 are the upsides and what are the downsides? And yeah, I think I was, and and this is kind of maybe more my personality too. And I think this is an interesting difference between you and me. A, a lot of times, as we talk about things, you're very you're. I think you move much quicker. You're like, let's just do this. And I think I'm more of the like, oh, let, let's like weigh the pros and cons. And so yeah, I think for me it was. It was looking at the amount of production time to do it really, really well. And I think the the eye-opening thing, too, was that presentation that Roman Mars did on how much time it takes mm. to produce. And his podcasts aren't that long. No, no, but, I, no, no. But you're right. Like, I mean, you look at them, and they're so well-crafted. And I knew that we would have to do that. And I think this whole idea of making the change to the podcast and ultimately deciding not to was a bit of a turning point for me in terms of prioritization as well and in terms of kind of scaling back and simplifying things and maybe not necessarily making a wholesale change from like, let's do this, but I'm definitely more, um, I'm more realistic now about what should be done and when things should be done. And I think that this was a bit of an eye-opening experience because ultimately I didn't just decide that we weren't going to do it. But I decided that we weren't going to do it for the foreseeable future. Like, it wasn't like, okay, we let's set a new deadline. We totally backburnered it. Like, mm. there, there's no... Because what happened was, is it forced me to look at everything. And I think that the conversations you and I had, and then the conversations that Melissa and I had, especially because Melissa sees everything that's on the docket. I mean, you spend time in Trello, you see what's there, and that's pretty much what you see. Right. Um, Melissa sees everything that's in Asana and goes, hold on, Mike. Okay, so you've got <laughs> <laughs> no one. That's no. It's really funny. I'm glad you're sharing this because I had no idea. Yeah, because I was I was definitely looking at it the way I raised it. I think on Slack was, you know, what's the ROI here? We're gonna take this big hit for time. What will you get for like, like? Well, what are your goals? And then what will it be giving you? And it it sounds like that kind of ran through the filter of how you prioritize things. It did. It did. Because, it, I mean, I looked at the, the whole need and want to do, right? And I, I really wanted to make a change because I wanted to kind of reinvigorate, you know, some of the podcast in terms of what I was feeling about it. Not the audience. The audience was enjoying it. But I'm like, you know, I want to make it. It was feeling that I wanted to do something a bit different. But I, I look back to Cal Newport's book, So Good They Can't Ignore You. And I, that was something that came to mind at that point in time. Actually, both of his books, really, Deep Work and So Good They Can't Ignore You. But So, so Good They Can't Ignore You really is about, you know, how, why quitting, following your passion is bad advice. That's the core message behind it. And, and it's it's quite a decent read. If you haven't read it yet, I highly encourage that you do so. And it was the idea of, okay, I, I, I'm good. You know, I've been doing this for a while and I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm absolutely great at it, but I'm pretty good at it. Um, and for me to make a change would require a shift that I would, I, I might thrive at, but I, but based on everything else that was going on, it was highly likely that I would only be pretty good at doing it that way as well. And unfortunately, when you do that, and if it's just you and you're editing all these pieces together, 
that that to me wouldn't cut it. Again, back another book I've been reading uh, or just finished reading actually, and it's coming out fairly soon is Unmistakable by Srinivas Rao, who hosts the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, which is he's been doing interviews for far longer than I have, and uh, you know you'll be hearing him on the show uh, in the next few weeks as well. But I wanted the idea of being unmistakable. That's what I wanted the podcast to be, and I thought by making a change to a storytelling style of podcast, it would be unmistakable. But by combining Cal's advice and, and Srini's like uh, you know th- th- thoughts on it, I thought you know what if I just got better at doing what I'm doing now? Like what if I said you know let's I, I've got so many other things that are going on. I've got this book to write. I've got the you know the the programs to build. I've got you know writing that I really want to get. To. I want to go through and make the website better. I want to go back and look at the 900 plus blog posts and 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 review those and make them better and see. I've been looking back, John, and it's funny. I've been looking back, and I've seen some stuff from, like, 2011. I'm like, that's pretty good. Hmm. I could tweak it a bit and make it uh-huh. better, but that's pretty good. So why am I not re- – I mean, that's that's five years old. I, maybe I need to bring it to the forefront. And I spent some time, actually, last night um, doing some of that. Uh, on my online writing day, I went and said, let's look back at some of my old blog posts and see what I can, you know – I don't want to use the word salvage, but repurpose or, 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 or you know, reinvigorate. And – Man, I end up scheduling like seven Facebook notes, which I have never really done. I've never put like notes on Facebook of here are the things that I'd like to schedule and using LinkedIn a bit more and Medium and spreading that more as opposed to just throwing the baby out with the bathwater and saying, well, this podcast is working. Um, I don't have the bandwidth to take it on, but who cares? I want to do something different. Let's just do it. <laughs> so I think that that, that moment... Uh, as well as, you know, talking to my trusted, you know, the, the members of my team that I trust was very, it was very clear to me that it wasn't just a podcast thing that I needed to look at, but I needed to look at, okay, um, what, what do I really want, need and want to work on? And what are the things that I, I mean, I ought to change the podcast at some point, but why? Like, what's the big reason? And there, the perfect storm of getting all the publicity and the, the, the wave of guests and all that it didn't it didn't match up it just didn't match up so we're 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 work, i'm going to work on i like i'd i'd want to work on making the sound better i want to work on you know um making the show notes better like why can't i just take what already exists and make it better and i think that was what came out of this whole equation and and i think that over the past 100 episodes we've gotten better um mm-hmm. i think that you will find as with anything and i mean I'd love to hear your thoughts on favorite episodes and, and, and things like that. But you, there have been some episodes that have not been as strong as others. And I can tell, and I, I have, you you could probably tell that I have some tells when it comes to that. <laughs> you know, oh, this isn't going well. Mike went down that road. You know, um, you, is that something that you can, can hear and, and tell having worked with me for a year and a half or so on, on, on this podcast? No, no, and that's funny because I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say there are any interviews. Well, okay, I'd say there's maybe a handful, if that, like two or three, where maybe the conversation wasn't flowing or mm-hmm. it was a little awkward. But I can't, and and most of those, I think maybe it was in the beginning. But even then, I would think, no, I can't think of any that were just like wow, we shouldn't have published that, or wow, that was awkward, I couldn't listen to it. I think, I mean, what what I thought was interesting is I was kind of scrolling through all the episodes, and one of the things that continues to impress me is the variety of people that you have on the podcast, and the variety of people that 
are names that I'm not familiar with. In other words, they're not necessarily in the mainstream. Right. Um, I also, this is also funny too, well not funny, I think positive, was one of the critiques, a friendly critique you got at WDS last year when we were recording at the Green Dragon was that there were no women on the podcast. Yes. And I was scrolling through and I was like, I think that's improved greatly. Totally. Totally. And that's been something I've been focusing on. Another thing I've tried to focus on, and, and again, from time to time, I catch myself. But one, I, I mean, I look at the iTunes comments, and I had somebody that said, and this I think it was early on, say that, uh, you know, let the other person talk. Um, mm. And, and that, that's something that I think I've, I've improved upon. I think that when the other, there are some people that you'll talk to, that getting them to talk is like pulling teeth. Um, but there are times where I will I will talk and uh, maybe not listen as much as I should. Uh, I think I've gotten better with that. Actually, it's funny. Yesterday, I had a, a, a meeting with somebody local, and I live in a small city, and there's not a lot of us here that are super interested in productivity. And because I've been working on this book and largely spending time at home or traveling, I don't get to see people in public in my own town and talk about this stuff. So during the conversation... Near the end of it, I realized, you know, I think it's been like a two-thirds me talking, one-third them talking. So I wanted to make a point of saying, oh, by the way, I'm sorry if I've hogged the conversation for any part, but I rarely get to talk to anybody in my hometown about this stuff. And I've also been kind of a bit of a hermit over the past, you know, few weeks while I've been working on, you know, some pretty serious stuff. And she was... She didn't say. She didn't say. Oh no, you weren't hogging the conversation. She did not say that. <laughs> she didn't do the. Oh no problem. <laughs> no, no. She did no. She said no problem. But she didn't say. She didn't do the whole. Oh no, no, you weren't really hogging. She just said. She just said no problem. No, no. It and actually, I think there might have been like. No, I totally understand. So it was very much like. Okay, well, I caught myself. So I've become a bit more aware of that stuff. So how do you how do you do it? Like, I mean, you're very enthusiastic and. I think you're an extrovert, right? Like uh, you know you what? Kind of think you process out loud as you're talking. I think I think I'm I think I'm a after reading Quiet by Susan Cain, I think I'm not as extroverted as I was, but I think I am. You know, I think I'm probably more of a pseudo extrovert or even an ambivert. I, That's what I, I heard that term recently. Yeah, I think I think that when I'm out in public, like there are times now where I will, if I'm speaking in front of a large crowd you know, performing, if you will, because that's kind of how I, I look at it. Not I'm not putting on a character or anything like that, but, you know, it's kind of hearkening back to my old comedy and acting days. I'm fine. Uh, but I've also been sitting at a... I remember sitting at a, a table, Steve Dotto, in t he had a, 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 a meetup here in town, and it was just a small meetup, but it wasn't small enough. Like, there was about 12 of us there. And as the, the, the table grew... I got less comfortable. So I think it's if I'm in the right environment and there's a lot of people, like if I'm, you know, you know, speaking or, you know, it's 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 something like World Domination Summit where there's a lot of people there, I can definitely uh, I I'm I'm all in. But there are moments and we talked about the, like last year at the World Domination Summit, I went I went back to the room and took a nap at some point. You know, I was just like, you know, I need to I need to decompress. So I think I've become more measured with that. But you're right. I mean, that's something that has evolved. Just like you know, my podcast skills or what I do. I try so my to lead. Yeah. So my my lead in there was, I guess, what I was curious about is how do, how are you working on how do you work on curbing something like that that seems like it's just such a strong part of you? Uh, it's just being aware that the other person's talking and focusing on listening. 
Um, when I'm in, what I did yesterday is when I recognized that I was taking the conversation over, I quickly shifted the conversation back to her and then looked her in the eyes. Like it was very much a, I want to hear what you have to say. Um, with the podcast, because there's only audio, it's a bit more challenging, but the way I, I just go in now prepared. Um, so when I say prepared, not just the information, and, and I'll, I'll walk through real quickly what I do is I, I use Chrome as my regular browser, but I use Safari for the links for the podcast because Brett Terpster put together this really cool uh, tab thing called Tab Links that we used to use when I was doing Mics on Mics with Michael Schechter. Um, which really annoyed me when I found out he was using it because I thought show notes for him were the most challenging thing while I was editing and all he did was just click on this button and it compiled all the links together and he could just copy and paste them. <laughs> so I, I took that and learned from that. But what I do is is before I go into an episode is I will do my research and that's why we have in Trello, we have a checklist that says prepare for interview. Um, I do all that stuff in advance and then before my interview, I take about 10 minutes and I just think about what I want to accomplish and a lot of it I never used to do that I used to just jump right in um, you know so even even for our conversation today uh, I know it's largely because it's the 100th episode I'll probably be talking more anyway but um, I, I always have a gap between interviews or between conversations whether it's a coaching call or whatever um, that's part of it I think the other thing is is because I'm doing coaching now I've gotten better at listening because that's what you have to do. You can't mm -hmm. just, you know, go do this. And you, you <laughs> want to hear what their problems are and their struggles and their challenges so that you can help them. So I think that's helped, which I didn't expect. I think it's a byproduct I didn't expect, but it's benefited me on so many levels. Interesting. Yeah, I've been working on a, a coaching certification myself. And one of the things that came up at a recent class was the idea of asking a question and only asking one question. And then just getting out of the way. Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's so hard because you want to ask that question and then you want to qualify it a little bit or maybe add a personal experience to explain what it is. But it's it you often get a more powerful result. Well, one, if you're asking a powerful question, but then putting that powerful question out there and then just stepping back. God, yeah, I think that 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 to me has been and listening back, I think I, I, I love the fact that. I record the the podcasts, obviously. I record my coaching calls, but I listen back to them too to see, you know, where if there's common questions that I can ask or that I have asked. Uh, there's lots of those that that magic moments that happen in there. Same thing with podcast episodes. I, I uh, there are times, and we're actually recording this on my theme day for audio video, where I won't listen. Like I will make the notes as we go. But I'm trying to make more time to listen back to the episodes so that I can make sure I don't miss anything because I want to make better show notes. Um, I think at some point, uh, the reason I want to do that isn't just because I want to do the show notes forever. I definitely don't. But I want to make sure that when I pass on the show notes that there is some kind of framework there. So it's not just like, hey, here's the notes that I've written down. Like I want the person kind of like, you know, you as the, the producer. I mean, you, you've you got a, we have a, we have a workflow. We have a feeling of, of how things, you have a flow. Uh, Melissa and I have a flow when it comes to like one of the things that she does for me that my wife, who's also doing some admin work, won't ever do is Melissa sends, she'll reply to email. She has access to my info email account. And there's a reason for that. Uh, my wife could do emails, but she doesn't, she doesn't use the same voice that I do. 
She she's very. You've received emails from my wife. <laughs> you, I mean, she's not. Ter- she's more like me. <laughs> yeah, she's not. Yeah, she's very business she, to, down to business to the and, point. Yeah, doesn't sugarcoat anything. Doesn't try to you know convey any kind of you know emotion really in the email. It's just like, hey, here's this thing. Yeah. Do this. Whereas Melissa and I both tend to color our emails a little bit because you never. I mean. Either that you're asking someone for something, or they're asking you, and there's some sensitivity behind it, uh, you know. So we've we've that's why Melissa will do that stuff, and she'll continue to do that. Um, when we talked about this with Nick Snap on one of the bonus episodes that the Patreon listeners have access to, uh, he talks about like how he had his assistant watch him do email. Um, I think that that's something that's that's valuable. But I think that that for me, the big thing that I've learned over the past hundred episodes is just, yeah, I've, I've, I've learned that if it, it's worthwhile to continue doing what you're doing and get better at it versus when things don't feel like they're, they're, um, they're what you want them to be to throw everything out and start over. Um, I think that, that that's, that has to go with productivity, all the stuff we talk about. I think for me, it was very much this whole, you know, kind of cathartic moment of, hey, let's change the podcast to, hold on, we've just gotten some press, people are coming on board, Mike, you're booked all the way till September now for calls, holy crap, okay, I, I don't want to disappoint anybody by saying, hey, sorry, we're not interviewing anybody anymore, or you're only going to get a little bit, and I do love the idea of what we put together, by the way, I still think it's valuable, but th- the timing isn't right. Now, you made one other change, too, with the Patreon, mm-hmm. so for a while, Patreon was every day. Yeah. What did you learn through that? Uh, that daily podcasts suck. <laughs> I can't. Here's we were a, in much more regular contact then, too. <laughs> we were. I don't. You know what? I didn't like doing them because I felt that there was. I would run out of things to say. Because when you see guys like and I and I, I you know I mean the people that do daily podcasts more power to them, but that's pretty much what they do. They don't do. They don't write necessarily. They don't do any of that stuff. They may be interviewed for other podcasts. They may create products, but they can do that in the back. I mean, those are things that take a, a longer time to develop. But here I am, you know, I'm a writer first, right? Like that's what I do first and foremost. So for me to be able to do a daily podcast and write regularly and do a newsletter and and do all that, it wasn't working. I was I was burning out. And when you burn out, you can't offer value, at least not the value that you want to offer. So yeah, I switched to um, what we did was we went from we had a Patreon edition of the of the podcast, which I think we've already ha- always had in some form or another, didn't we? Didn't we always have yeah. like the yeah? Um, we made that easier to do too. Um, you know, we made that so that you know for for workflow's sake, uh, I will save the Patreon type of questions for the end so that it's just easier for you to grab it. And I think only very rarely. Does that not happen? And the other thing I've done is is for timestamps is I actually don't just give you the timestamps in written form. I actually record a quick, hey, in case that wasn't clear, here's what this means. And I think that's been helpful too, right? Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking like the whole the whole workflow that we figured out with Trello. I feel like that has become like almost frictionless. Yeah, it has. Like, there it's... isn't any part of it, and this sounds really strange, but. I don't know about you, but most of the systems I work with, there's always some part of the system that's like, I wish it did this or this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But we have a pretty simple Trello board. I think there's like three or four columns in it. Mm-hmm. And 
if there are cards in my column, they're mine and I'm doing them. And if they're in your column, they need to be done or something needs to happen with them. And that part feels really seamless. Like we just, the cards just kind of float back and forth and then they're done. And, and for me, the reason it's seamless is because I've also made sure that the only thing I use Trello for is for the podcast. So when I, so <laughs> because otherwise I, it wouldn't be, um, you know, I mean, mm. I have a trigger task that tells me to go to Trello on Wednesdays. It's just there. It says, hey, don't forget to open up Trello because I won't because I, it's not my primary task management option. But when I go in there, all I see is is your stuff. All I see is the stuff we're working on. So it puts me in that modality almost right away. So every Wednesday I go in there and I say, okay, well, I have to do this, 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 and this. And I've actually created a recipe and it, it does it for Todoist. It won't do it for Asana, but which is fine because I use Todoist for some of the stuff that the, the team doesn't really need to see. Um so when I move something into my column in Trello, it actually shows up, or you move it, it shows up in Todoist in my inbox. Interesting. So it, it just, it, I see it there. I'm like, okay, these are, if I if I don't want to jump into Trello right away, I, I at least know the, the, the one or two things that are, that are scheduled in there. So... I- Go ahead. I think Trello was particularly suited for the, what we're doing too. Yeah, it, yeah, because it's I, it, it, there are some things that Trello does not do well. Right, but I think that for this kind of a workflow where it's it's repetitive. So what we have is we have we have template cards mm-hmm. that have checklists. There's a checklist in each card for Mike and a checklist for me. And so when Mike creates a new episode, it's just every episode is a card. Right, and then we just he just copies the template turns it in, fills in the guest and stuff I need to know. Then we use the comments. So we go back and forth in the comments and notifications for things I need from Mike or Mike needs from me. And then there's we're not doing that in email or Slack or anywhere else. It's just for that episode, all the information is in the same place. And then the cards float back and forth and then they're done. So I think that part works really, really well. I don't know how you do that maybe in a different tool. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, there are others out there. I mean, my Meister task I've been playing with for a bit. It will do that. There's, but I think it's the workflow. We basically are doing like an agile style of workflow. Yeah, it's like a Kanban. It is a Kanban. It's, it's Kanban. Yeah. Like that's really what we're doing. And and I think that those kind of workflows are valuable for things like uh, again team processes where you you everyone can work. Maybe and, and this is what I like about Trello too is that you could work like I'm using other task managers as my primaries. But Trello is is there for that purpose, and it serves that purpose very well. The same can happen in other teams. If if Trello is where you're you know kind of doing your, you know, here's what we need to do, here's what's in progress, here's what's done, um, that could be like a dashboard versus the you know the, the 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 granular stuff that can happen elsewhere wherever that needs to be. But I think that the other thing we did, like the color coding, I think has been huge. I can actually see okay when. What is this a bonus episode? Is this a regular episode? I've started to put the dates of when the interviews are happening in the in the initial title, so or in the initial name of the card, so I can know. Okay, well, I haven't done this interview yet, but I know when it is, so I don't have to look at the calendar. Um, I also have done things like uh, I've I've created an intake form so that when people you know fill out the intake form i just copy and paste it into the trello card so that way i can say okay here's all the things that they want to cover and then i can you know do my show notes where i need them to um there are lots and we've created obviously those templates so i think that trello is yeah it's been it's been very very helpful and you're right it's pretty much seamless at this point there's very little friction there um if any i don't even think there is any no i don't know and that's i was just that's what was just occurring to me i was like i can't like this is working really, really well. And if people are wondering why Mike isn't using the date on the card, 
for the date of the interview. The way we use the date is since Trello only allows you to set one date on a card, that date is always the publishing date. And so I'll use that to prioritize, getting back to prioritization, I'll use that to prioritize against, okay, which episodes am I going to work on next? Because I can see, you know, where they're going to land. One of the things that, that that I'm still working on, and this is always going to be a challenge, I think, is if an interview gets canceled or I have to postpone one. Because I like to assign the episode numbers in advance. Uh, I'm trying to. I mean, now that we have so many done in, like, so many interviews are, are done in advance by this point, that I can move them around if I want. I try to align them with if they're having a book release or or, or whatever. But, I mean, we try to keep the episodes as evergreen as possible. But one of the things that, that like, so, for example, November, we have an initi- initiative that we do here at Productivity. So I haven't actually, I've gotten interviews that are, I could schedule into November, but I haven't done that yet. And so what I'll do is I'll make a decision, okay, do I interview other people and put those out in November? And maybe those interviews are done in, say, September or October. And then the ones I did earlier will just come out in December. I, I, I would imagine that by the time you, uh, by the time the fall rolls around, so because I'm, I'm obviously, I've blocked off, there are no interviews happening uh, during the month of July, August, and uh, and September uh, because of the fact that I am, or actually during the summer months. So it's September 5th, which is Labor Day. That's when, when I'll start doing interviews again because the kids are home with me. So to do interviews with the kids at home is asking for trouble (laughs) just asking for trouble so i'm getting them all done in advance so the whole summer i have time to you know again tweak episodes so that's where i think and this is i think this proactivity i think is really important because that i have the opportunity during those summer months you know as we're in them right now to really take things like i can do more um you know a comprehensive if i just if i choose to show notes I can, you know, if we decide that if someone wants to advertise, then we can put that in there. Um, Things like that by being that proactive. And I think that's been the thing that we've really worked on. And I've got, we've, I think we finally got that down largely um, is that how far ahead can we get? How far ahead? Because you've got, I mean, yeah, like you said, you're going through, you've got a lot of, you, I mean, this is not your job. You I mean, you, this is something that you do, but it's not your full-time job at this point, right? Like, it's just, you know, you let, you enjoy doing it and, and, and you're, you're good at it. And, and you, so, but you have other obligations. So, totally, so, totally. so for me to say, Hey, can you do this tomorrow? You'd be like, no. Can you do this? Yeah, this I need that. Yeah. Can you do that this week? No. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, always looking for, always looking for new clients, but do need some lead time. Right, right. I mean, and I think that that's the, that's the important thing to, and I think that's just a matter of respect. I was talking to, to Jim Woods, the uh, who does the content editing for Productivity and he also edits my newsletters. And we were doing some you know, coaching training because he's going to be doing some coaching. And we were talking about theming those days. And, and Friday is when he wants to work on his own projects. And now that I know this, I don't send him an email on Friday saying, hey, can you do this? Because I know his boundary is there. Mm-hmm. But I have sent it to test him. And he said, yeah, I can get on that. I'm like, why? I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? He, and he's it. like, well, because like you're, you're now you're, you're giving me an inch. Like, so I'm going to take a mile. Like, so don't do that. I said, I don't really need it. I'm just testing you. But um, Too funny. I think that I think that that the big thing that that's happened with the podcast. And I think that this is this this these kind of lessons can be trans. You know, they can they can permeate across so many other areas is is just knowing when you've taken on too much and know that you we have to follow we all have to follow rules 
You know, there are certain rules we all have to follow, but there are certain rules that we can make up, that we can create for ourselves. And once we do that, once we say, you know, I'm not going to take on any more, or I'm going to let this maintain the way it is and just get better at it, or I know I'm not going to do, I'm always going to make sure I have, you know, six episodes in the can, like in terms of the podcast, uh, you can you have more ability to set rules for yourself than you often give yourself credit for. A lot of people do. I'm just putting this out there as a generalized point. And once you start to create those rules and define them, then as odd as this sounds, you're actually fostering and creating some freedom because you're eliminating, you know, you're eliminating choice. You're saying um, you've taken the time to thoughtfully think about, okay, what do I want to do? Well, I want to create the, you know, I, I, I want to create the podcast, but I know I can't because there's these other things that I want to do. Okay, so you can't, or you're choosing not to. Well, I'm choosing not to. Why? Well, because there's these other things that take priority. Okay, so when do you want to do this? I don't know. Okay, great. Then remove the date. Leave it there. Don't You don't need to see it. When you do a rapid review, you can see your podcast. And if, if you decide at that point in time that, hey, now's the time to make a change, you can. But I can tell you right now, there will be no changes to this podcast, probably at the very least in terms of the way we do it until September of 2017 at the absolute earliest. And so that's probably a relief for you because you're like, yay, <laughs> but, but I just can't knowing what, what I've got on my plate and knowing how unmistakable I want to become and how much deep work I want to do. I, there's no reasonable way that I could say, yep, you know what, anytime before September of next year, 2017, that I that I'll be able to make any kind of changes to 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 this podcast. Big changes. Yeah. Right. Big changes. What else have we learned over this experience? What else have what what actually what what's been some of your episodes that you were that are your favorites and maybe that surprised you that that you were drawn in by? And I know there's been a lot. There have been a lot <laughs> The deep work one was really good with Cal Newport. That was that was a definite favorite. Cal's such a good. I mean, he. That's the thing is he spends so much time in that stuff that it's he's such an easy person to talk to about it, and and it helps that we're aligned in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I love talking to people where I'm. We 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 can have some common ground, and and if you're by the way, if you're listening to this and you want to do a podcast, I cannot stress enough that if you get a book from somebody and you read it like don't go off the i mean there have been a few episodes where i have not read the book i fully admitted it too when i have read the book <laughs> no yeah you're pretty clear about that yeah but the interviews are so much better when you read them i mean i just did an interview with craig ballantyne he's going to be coming up i read the book it was not a it was a, it was a short book i read it in one night and the conversation was so much better for it I mean, I could have just read blog posts and done all that stuff, but because I read the whole book, it, it, it made sense. And and then be realistic. If somebody says, hey, I want to be on your show or I want to be interviewed by you or whatever, and I'd love to hear, you know, or if someone sends you a book to review for them, and that'll happen, give yourself, like, be realistic with the time and say, you know, I like, how quickly can you do this? Well, it'll take me two weeks. Okay. Some people will be like, oh, well, I need it by next week. I'm like, well, then I can't read it. Like, I just can't read it that quickly. Like, be Again, that's a rule. Be upfront about it. What other episodes? Is there any other ones that you're coming to mind? I've maybe given you a chance to look for a minute, but yeah, no, I've been scrolling back and forth. Um, Chris Johnson, mm. he he just killed. I mean, he's just a funny guy, he and he just kills me just with his sense of humor, but also the preciseness with which he explains things and like makes really good points. So I enjoyed that one, and then 
I don't know. I, there's just a variety of people. Like one of the things I love about editing the podcast is obviously I see things before everyone else, but it's just introduced me to so many different people doing things in the world that I didn't know about. Um, I guess another one like Nick Loper, you know, the yep. whole idea of having a side hustle. It's like, well, that's what I'm doing with this podcast producing thing that I do. Um, oh, there's other people that are doing things like that. Um, so yeah, and just, I don't know, just little productivity things along the way that either you mention or that other people just mention, you know, based on how they're wired or a book that they've written or, you know, little approaches that they take. I think that, um, one of my favorite ones is the one that I did with um, uh, Andrew Sinkoff from Evernote. I love that episode because, and it was from last year, 2015. Uh, I loved it because I I actually know a lot about Evernote. So I was able to ask him some really interesting questions that I don't think... Oh, that's right. And you also pushed them I I pushed, think, on the I roadmap pushed, on where they're going and what's going to happen. And yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at David, I mean, my conversation with Michael Schechter and Patrick Rome, whenever I get Patrick on the show, I always love it because we have great conversations. That's why I've had him on more than anybody else. And Schechter, my old podcasting partner. Um, I like talking to James Hamblin as well from The Atlantic. And David Allen, of course, is one of those ones where you, you know, you know, you're going to have a, a good conversation with him. I'd be interested to have him back on now that I've got the now your method out there and see what he has to say about <laughs> see, mm, see yeah. where the conversation comes there. But yeah, I yeah. mean, there have been, you know, there's there's quite a few that that, you know, and Laura McClellan and I had a great chat uh, late last year when she was asking about certain things that she was unclear on when it came with the now your method and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. I'm looking back, and there's a lot of, and there's this guy John Polster who I talked to, and I thought we had a pretty good one too. So yeah, that was, was yeah something about meetings, something, something about meetings. So yeah, how to make them last forever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that. I mean, there's been a lot, and there's going to be more. I mean, I look at you know everything that that. I mean, I look at all the guests that are coming up, um, and I haven't even. I mean, there's so many people here that you said that, like you said that I I didn't know about. Um, oh, Dr. Andrew Hills was a great one too. Boosting the brain. That episode I really enjoyed too. I just looked at that one. I really like talking because I'm, I'm really enjoying the idea of looking at what the brain does and how the brain operates. But there are, there, there are a lot more conversations I want to explore. Uh, because I'm reading more, there are a lot more authors I want to talk to there. I mean, when I'm going to the different conferences over the next, uh, you know, few months and I believe me I'm going to a lot of them uh you know I've got FinCon coming up in September I've got the World Domination Summit coming up in August um and and of course uh next year I'm already scheduled to do Tropical Think Tank with Chris Ducker so um you know there's lots of these opportunities um I'm looking forward to what the what the show has to offer over the next hundred episodes um and 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 John big thanks to you for for all the work you've done and we'll hopefully continue to do uh, yeah, over pleasure. the episodes that, that are going forward. So this whole episode went up to everybody. So this episode is, is um, if you are not a Patreon supporter, uh, I'd love to have a rating and review from you. If you are able to become a Patreon supporter, then I'd love it if you went to patreon.com slash productivityist and contributed at any one of the levels. There are different perks there that you can check out. For those of you that are Patreon supporters, um, thank you so much for your support over the over the years. Uh, I really do appreciate it and uh, I, I'm hoping that what I'm offering you uh, behind the, the 
the paywall, such as it is, is uh, has been has been helpful and valuable. Uh, the Slack community, of course, there's a lot of more a lot of engaging conversations there. And I think that's another thing too, John, is that that's one of the other reasons that the, the other thought that came to mind when we were making the changes. How do I serve them? How do I make sure that the people who are supporting me in Patreon are still going to get that? that attention. And I think that that was going to be lost a little bit too, if we made the change, I want to spend some time, you know, act, you know, interacting with people in the Slack community and things like that. And I had a feeling that if we made this change, then that would change as well. So um, who knows, maybe the Patreon supporters will be the first ones to hear like an interesting, uh, exclusive storytelling type of episode. You, you just never know. Um, so again, if you want to become a supporter, patreon.com slash productivityist. John, where can people find you on the internet when you aren't chatting with me? Not as often as we used to. For people out there looking for help with their podcast, the place to go is johnpolster.com slash production. Mention that you're a productivityist listener so that I can take care of you and give you a special discount. There you go. As for me, you know, you can find me at Mike Vardy on Twitter and, of course, Productivityist.com. If you want to find out what I'm doing now, go to MikeVardy.com slash now, uh, the now page. And we also have one for Productivityist as well, Productivityist.com slash now. All these things will be in the show notes as well as everything that we discussed, including some of our favorite episodes. In typical Apple fashion, one more thing. I want to make the show better. I want to keep making it better. And uh, again, trusty producer John Polster reminded me no weren't you going to do a survey and I am we're going to do a listener survey so in the show notes you'll find a link as well as in the blog post as well as in Patreon that will help uh, me and John make the show better so I love it if you filled out that survey and uh, again you'll be able to find that in the show notes as well as on the blog post and uh, over at Patreon so I'd love it if you fill out the survey because what we'll do is we'll help me make the show better and feel free to give all sorts of feedback because that's what I want to hear from you. So that's it for this week. Uh, again, big thanks to John Polster for joining me. Until next time, this is Mike Vardy, the founder of Productivityist and Productivity Strategist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. <laughs>